0: All right, sit back, relax, it's time for another Laneway Talks.
1: G'day Rob, how are you and welcome to another uh, episode of Laneway Talks. How have you been? I've been good, Vince. G'day, how are you? I'm pretty good, mate. So um, it's been another big week in music, plenty happening and plenty to talk about. And I've picked out a vinyl for this week to talk about from my perspective and that is a band called TKO, who I mentioned to you last week and the week before. And TKO are a band that kind of started in the mid to, you know, 75, 77. First, and, and look, four members. The band was managed by same management as Heart. So they had big management and they were basically on an imprint and signed very quickly to an imprint label of MCA in the States. They were out of Seattle, Washington, but it took them over a year before they recorded uh, their first release. Now, that's always a bad sign. I, I, any, any artist that is signed and takes over a year to release their first record, you can already smell trouble in the camp you know, whether it be the band or whether it be the record label or whatever. Uh, okay. So it took them a fair while. They were kind of considered they'd, they'd supported New York Dolls and things like that, so they're, they're in that kind of vein. But when you read up on them, they refer to them as a hard rock metal band, you know, a, a new new kind of metal band for back then. I see them as just a, just a hard rock band, more towards New York Dolls with a bit of that punk in them. Anyway, that first record they released, they sold 150,000 copies and then they basically uh, went through lineup changes. But during that first album, uh, to just let you know where they were, they were at the time compared to The Who, they toured supporting The Kinks, Cheap Trick, ACDC and Van Halen and Heart, Heart of course. Um, so they were in that kind of vein and then their label went bankrupt And um, being an imprint, you know, they were obviously being funded by MCA. They weren't like the white label of Mushroom because Mushroom owned the whole of the white label. So they were just an imprint and MCA took them over and then shelved any second record. Uh, But they'd actually then... They actually recorded, went and recorded a second record after that. And they, you know, the thing is, I don't know what it sounds like because you, ca- you can't get it because it was never released till 1984. And they then were, they were like to, you know, um, Metal Church. I don't know if you remember Metal Church or Queensridge and Queen, Rail. Right. Uh, yeah. And I call them Queensridge. That's why. Queen. Yeah, <laughs> Rail and Culprit. they're compared to those bands, so that that second album again, it took three years for it to to come out. It, you can you can smell the trouble, but they were such a good band. Then there was a third album in '86, after lineup change after lineup change, and which was aptly um, titled "Below the Belt," which is, as we all know, I'm not sure if you do, but you may, uh, is the Mike Paddo's project, and I don't know if you know of Mike Paddo, Mike boxer. Do you remember the band Boxer? No, I don't. Know. Well, do, do yourself a favour in the next week because that's one that we may discuss. Mike Paddo was a English singer, and he, he kind of known in his own right. And then he he had a band called Boxer, and they were very well known. And they were just a English uh, more rock band than rhythm and blues. And their first album had a girl on the front fully naked, so it obviously got banned. And then they put a boxing glove in front of, um, you know, her vital parts. And that's how they, they got past it. But that'll be a discussion another day. But their, their first album was called Below the Bell. So, so yep. here was the third album for TKO. Their last show was in 1986... Um, there's very little online except a 16-track, and this is on Spotify, 16-track Let It Roll Release. Now, it's the original cover but 16 tracks. So it's, I don't know, does it incorporate a, incorporate a selection of the other two albums or what? And as I said, I would put them into the early works into the New York Dolls category but more polished than the New York Dolls. The New York okay. Dolls to me were a little bit more trashy uh, and they're just another band that should have made it but, you know, I listened to it on vinyl today because that's all I've got it on vinyl. I didn't really want to listen to an MP3. Yeah. And every track's a killer track. It just, it's great background listening, if you like rock music, uh, and a great vocal. So that's one for listeners to go out and, um, you know, disca- discover. Even though it's 1977, you know, it's it was, came out in 77, 78 or whatever. 79. 79. And, you know... 77 um, is when they formed and then yep. they got signed and took them till 79 that year, 78, where they didn't do anything and then recorded it and released it, 79. And uh, just a fantastic band. So have listened to them, Rob, when you get a chance and I'd love to know your opinion. And a great unique vocal for uh, Brad Sincel. So that was my my little pick out of vinyl today. And I had a great listen with that. And so uh, a little bit of other news from the music biz here were the untitled group were recognised this week as the top festival promoter in twenty two twenty three. This is really important as it's a new kind of big day out promoter like group establishing themselves at the top. And, you know, as we all know, the big day out and, uh, you know, I had a lot to do with them back in the day and... Um, you know, it didn't. It didn't go well at the very end. It took it too far, and it got out of control. Mm. It never should have. It should have been a Coachella, and just gone on and gone on. Anyway, Untitled are now taking over the reins, I think, and they've moved very quickly since forming in two thousand and fourteen. They're quite quite young guys, you know, early thirties, and so. There's a whole new pack coming up. This is really important for the industry because we need these people to come through and find new ways of putting together festivals. Uh, you know, whether it be the type of festival or the financial backing of the festival or the artists that they, you know, put on. So Untitled have taken that kind of reign now. Uh, So new boys at the top. The other news uh, for us is Laneway releases in the past week. Now, we mentioned Bullet Tram bought The Lie with Kent Steedman and Simon Chainsaw. And then we had Font with their new track, The Tunnel at the End of the Light. Font. Font, F-O-N-T. And uh a quintessential, or oh, northern suburbs, indie rock band. You know, yeah, from your Coburg, um, Fitzroy, Elstonwick, um or yep. um, Brunswick. They they're the quintessential indie act, and and they're just that indie rock band, and they're great, and they do what they do really well. Bullet Tram, being completely different, is. A quintessential rock uh, act, uh, but doing more in the vein of the Cruel Sea. So, okay, um, and they've just been released. Coming up in the the next uh, week or so will be a band called uh, Virgin Soldiers with Power Hungry, okay. and we all know who they are. My Heroine by Remora, um, and Remora are one of our long term acts and um, have quite good exposure in. In India They kind of cracked a song in India And they get a lot of streams out of India And we have Grant Miller with his song Overrated, Grant Miller worked With um, uh, Craig Johnson from Mother Goose, and still works with him On side side projects And this is his solo Works, so They're our releases in the next week Or so and then We, uh, I'll bring up the ones after that we have another Radio KSG coming too. That's I think a couple of weeks after that. So that's the kind of new new release and whatever. And um and that's about it from me. So, what have you got on the agenda?
0: Um, well, I've been researching uh, different genre bands, metal bands. I was having a look at that over the past week because we wanted to talk about different genres. But I was going through them all today. I sent you a little list comprehensive. of There's about 20 different genres. And I've kind of gone, okay, let's go back a yes, little bit. I got that list, yes. Yeah. I was listening to them today and found it challenging, I should say. So I had to come back to hard rock because I just, what I was listening to, I went through about 10 songs and I just, I couldn't listen to any more of (laughs) it because it's just a bit out of my taste and I find it very difficult to sort of listen to something that I just don't want to listen to. So I went back to the hard rock and had a look at the top 20 Aussie hard rock bands Mm that are out at the moment um, in Australia I thought that was kind of an important thing to do and you asked me a couple of weeks ago about you know current metal bands in yeah. Australia yeah you know, and, I mean there's the Parkway drives and the North lanes which I listened to today which are very full-on they. Pretty much Sydney based. Um, there's a lot of metal. Um, well, they're
1: not exactly young, are they? Parkway Drive. They're not young. No, lads. Not.
0: Would they be early
1: forties, Rob? Well, I think they would have to be now. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, they're, they're sensational band live, aren't they? I mean, um, they are. Yeah. I, I particularly don't like his singing, but that's not to say he's not a good singer. I don't like that style, but I love the band.
0: You know. Yeah, me. I love the bands, but yeah, the, yeah, the singing does. I'm not particularly fond of it either, Vince. So yeah. But, you know, they, they they are a big band, aren't they? They're just, they
1: are an international act. Yeah, they're massive, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And North Lane were another one. Who, um, well, I don't know
1: much about them, North Lane.
0: Uh, same sort of band. Um, I think they're a little bit later vintage, as in younger. And same style, or similar style. I don't want to get too caught up in arguments about the comparisons between the two bands. But they were just a couple of the, you said to look into the new metal band. Yeah. Um, there are a couple that I looked into. There was a lot, but they're the two that I wanted to mention today. There was another band that one of our customers came in today and he had their T-shirt on. It's a band called Death by Carrot. Let what me just – I'm writing these things down, by the way. Okay. Well, Death by Carrot are an Australian band that are self-funded and they go around and they have a self-powered PA System. Yeah. And they basically tour the whole country and just set up and do gigs. Right. And, and they just play. And I saw their t shirt today on one of our customers. He had it on and he was telling me about the band and they sound fantastic. Hard rock band. Yeah. Uh, from the up
1: the coast. But they just. Now, when you say they. hard rock, give me give me a similarity. Are they a,
0: a hard rock like Cold Chisel or are they a. Uh, yeah. Two guitars, bass, drums, vocals. Right.
1: Gotcha, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, chisel, when you say hard rock with cold chisel, it's a little no, bit more... No, well, it's pub rock. It's pub rock, yeah. But, you know, the oils, that's hard rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And maybe. I call it soft cock rock now. Uh, I don't know. The oils
0: are a pretty potent bunch. Um, the angels, yeah. hard rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pub rock to hard Bringing rock. Jet. Um, Bringing jet.
1: Um, um, more pub rock to glam rock for me? Rose Tattoo. Oh, just straight out pub rock with a hard edge. It just sound of yeah, their own in
0: a sense. Yeah, I mean, the, the tats are hard to quantify, really, but because the tats are the tats. They have their own thing, which is exactly. great. But all of those bands, ACDC, we throw in there as well as an Australian act. Yeah. Angel Oils, Chisel, Screaming Jets, Rose Tattoo, all of those bands are iconic acts yep. from 70s, 80s rock. That's why we're sort of looking back into the hard rock thing today and going, where do they stem from? So that's what I define as hard rock, Aussie hard rock. But, yeah, Death by Carrot, a new one to look out for. Well, I think it, uh, it's, and it's trying to
1: find, you know, that playlist that we've got, Deep South, and I'm trying to stick the bands in there, keep adding bands that only have a couple of thousand monthly listeners at most. Yep. It, it is hard, but there must be plenty of little Aussie acts that fit within that category, or you know, whether it be blues or whether it be hard blues or whether it be rock or whether it be metal, but have only got that couple of thousand monthly listeners as opposed to Parkway Drive, which would, I presume, have millions of monthly listeners. And that's I think it's important to try and look for those. So I'll be interested to see what Death by Carrot have got.
0: Not a lot because they're touring and playing live. Right. and they don't have time to release material. That was the interesting conversation we yeah. were having, which I found fascinating because here's a band that's touring the country and they're too busy playing live to be able to record and release music online. I thought that was quite the dichotomy, actually. Well, it is, it, and it's a very difficult thing
1: too. Look, it's it's a, a two, uh, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, because it is, you, yeah. you, you'll make your money from touring because they won't make any money unless they've got... You know, a million streams a month from Spotify because we've discussed all of that, and yep. but you need the Spotify, for example, you need your product up there because that's your mark You know,
0: isn't that terrible? That's your marketing tool. So you need, is, yeah. I'm playing live. You're going out and you're marketing it yourself. You're, you're doing it to a core audience. Yeah. Um, you know what's what's the argument? What side are you on? That's an interesting topic for discussion. I reckon. So yeah, I you know it is a, it's a double edged sword. Uh, how
1: they go about that, and and yeah, they get their marketing through through playing, uh, getting played on Spotify or Apple, and then going live where they make some serious money. And yep. the right act that gets out there can make serious money live. There is, you know, and the other thing I say about that too is that is that if a band is going to really happen, they know within six months they start playing live and they get their audience within six months. is very... Look, there's always uh, one against the grain. It might take them two or three years to get an audience, but most acts that get big know within six months. It just happens. People know when a band is happening. Now, I've got to go see one of our bands tonight, Rob, and who I've mentioned before, Southbound Snake Chalmers. When I see them live each time, they just get more professional every show. You know, everything gets tighter and it's happening. Uh, You know, they're another one in case I really want to see what happens in the next six months with them and uh, how they go with their audience. And so with those young bands, once they get that that, that real um, viral thing happening on a live scene, they can start pulling 200 people, 250 people to a gig. And once that happens, bang, you're away, you know. Yeah. So who else did you come up with?
0: Um, there's a band called Japan, J-A-P-A-M. Is that N for Nelly or M for Mary? M for Mary. Right, Japan. Japan. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll just have a look. at I work with the drummer, Jack, yep. it was- his band, they, their album, when it first came out, went to number one on Spotify, which was in 2016. The yeah. latest, last single was 2022. But um, they absolutely, I uh, would we'll call them metal, but current metal, because, you know, yeah. you asked me that, You know, the modern metal bands, Australian metal bands, local Adelaide metal bands that have had success. Yeah. They are definitely worth checking out as well. So, okay. So, we got that. So, what are we talking about next, Rob? Well, I just want one more band that I want to mention. uh, Another local band. I'm trying to get a style out of them, but called Wolf and Chain. Wolf, wolf, as in the dog wolf? Yeah, that's correct. And chain, as in the chain that you hold the wolf by. Right. Okay, I'm going to look them up. Yeah, and they're doing well as well. I'm just having a look. they 46,000 plays on Spotify. Japan, I think we're about the same. So there's a couple there. Um,
1: do, you know, metal- do you know
0: where they're from, Rob? Adelaide. They're, oh, these are all Adelaide bands, are they? Yeah, those two are Adelaide bands, yeah. Japan, Adelaide band, Wolf and Chain, Adelaide band. Death by Carrot, I think, are from the north coast.
1: Yeah, Okay. Got gotcha. you. I was just on. I was on tour up in Queensland this week. Uh, you know, a lot happening there with bands. I can tell you, it, there was nothing exciting. I was a bit disappointed. Anyway, I,
0: yeah, I was talking to somebody that's just come back from touring up there, and you said it's a, a cover band, tribute band. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Oh. Yeah, you
1: know, um, you know, best thing I could say is Kevin Borridge lives up there. But you know, that's going back; it's old school, and
0: yeah. I love Kevin. But Kevin KB still out there, he's yeah, bringing it. Oh, he's,
1: that latest album's done so well for him. But he really thought it through. He yeah. he really did it. A, um, a Russell Morris. He really thought through what he was doing, and it really worked for him. So he's done so well uh, and it's good to see. So I'm going to check these bands out. I always love listening to new bands and seeing what's going on. Um, I mean, the other thing is too, new new ads to our playlist this week. I put Witch Pack Anxiety on, which is James McCann's Marshalling Yard. James McCann is one of our artists who has a real blues background. Not quite, Not quite cutting edge blues, but this particular song is definitely a cutting edge, so I put that in. Uh, Bought the Lie by Bullet Tram, even though it's got a a bit of a um, cruel C to it, it's definitely got a blues background to it and it's definitely edgy. And then I added The Temperance Movement, who are from the UK, and a fantastic track called Magnify. Uh, And one other one, uh, Ben Hemming, Holy for a Day, which is just sensational. Anyway, some great tracks being added, added there to that playlist, and um, everybody, we're up to twenty likes, six more than we had last week. Um, I want to, can I say something on that?
0: Yeah, thing? yeah. Uh, just with the, the Virgin Soldiers, since we've started this podcast, Vince, um, our numbers and following have doubled. So that's fantastic. Uh, something's working, yeah. and I'm down to you know us being out there every week. But you know, I think that's great for us. Um, oh, so that's. Well, I I think that, you know, I I only just
1: got our last podcast because I've been away. I only just finished the podcast. Our last podcast comes out tomorrow morning at 8am, so we've kind of missed a week. So I was was listening, you know, as I was going through, listening to it. And we we do talk about Virgin Soldiers a bit and the exciting stuff being these, you know, these new ideas you're sending through. And for everybody listening, I got a bit of a video of... um, of you, Rob, playing drums with Jeff on guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I right. thought that just sounded fantastic. I mean, that guitar playing, mate, the drumming goes without question, ha, 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 but the guitar playing was sensational. I thought he sounded great in what he was doing there. And that that's what's really exciting is that we've got new material, real new material coming from you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jack so, on deck too, because he had a horrific accident yeah. um, a while back. He didn't think that he'd actually recover enough to be able to play again. But he's he's nailing it. He's playing like oh, absolutely, absolutely. There was nothing. There was no issue there at all, was there
1: with the plane? Nah. So, no, real- so this is all kind of coming together for you guys. That um, we will. I mean, what what do we say? We've got coming out power hungry. Now let's just be. Let's just. Again, just, just Power Hungry is an old song reader, uh Well, it's an old idea that you've only just recorded, correct? Or is
0: it? Uh, yes. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Uh, I've got Jeff and Gib, we're both, and myself, we're doing a clip for it as well. Yeah.
1: But, it, but it's an old idea that you've just re-recorded now or it was recorded before and you just added parts to it now? We've just added parts to it and right. I've repixed it and remixed drum parts. The, the um, reason I say it, Rob, is I'm just trying to – I'm going to firmly draw that line in the sand, you know, with you guys, is that – For every um, week. Yeah, yeah, where – well, you you know, push it to release because I want new stuff from you, but yep. that's that's an old recording and it's been jazzed up, but – when we get to our first brand new recording, and it's something that's been written now or in the last six months, and um, the and next
0: th- one after this, yep, yep, and that's uh, what you've become. So that's what we're working on right. at the moment. And when will you have that ready for a schedule? Just waiting to hear. I said March the twentieth. Right. So that was the. No. Oh, so you were serious that. about that day. Yeah. Okay.
1: Good. I thought you were just hitting me up with one, but so oh what, right. Okay. So. Yeah, March the twentieth. So well, good. So you'll need to have it to us by March the twentieth
0: uh, uh, of Feb because it takes okay. four weeks to schedule in. It does. Yeah. 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 All right. What is basically get some tracks from Gib. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, he's. Doing the video for uh, Power Hungry, and we're finishing off the one that I sent you as well, which was um, great track. It's off watching the world actually. Breaking loose. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Well, this okay. is good, and I think that's
1: why you, you're building your audience again, and that's you know, and that's why too that you you don't release an album anymore because if you release an, an album, it's come and it go, you know, it comes and it goes, whereas Putting your tracks out all the time, it's front of center all the time for the next 12 months. And there's this constant attraction to, you know, the bands, in this case, Virgin Soldiers, because they're new tracks every couple of months. And I think you will just see your audience grow and grow and grow again.
0: Did did you said? I know you mentioned something
1: about uh, the six six weeks, every six weeks. So is that a. Well, um, what, what what we kind of suggest is every approximately every six weeks now I don't suggest prior to six weeks I think that's too okay. quick so yep. let's say it's every six to eight weeks you should have a release out
0: yes okay all right yep. well that uh, projected outputs that I um, sent you in the bottom paragraph of that we're talking about eight new tracks yep I weekly intervals you know which is yeah over 36 to 42 weeks so. yeah so yeah that's, there's plenty there for the next
1: year absolutely yeah all right. So, now, plenty happening there. Okay, now, are we on to any of your
0: uh, university work? Um, I've been speaking with Simon Frith from the University of Edinburgh because um, they want to publish my thesis yep. as yep. a book, but as a general release book. So yep. I've got to tone it back from academia. But, um right. So that's kind of the big project that's been landed on me this week, which is exciting, and it's wonderful to speak to Simon because he's uh, one of the well-revered musicologists of the past 20, 25 years. Where's the um, University of Edinburgh, the one in England? Scotland. Yeah, Scotland, good, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's got a big music... Ecological Department, and um, there's lots of works that have come out of that. And he wrote for a lot of um, music papers through the 70s, 80s, yep. 90s in the UK. So, yeah, he's um, a well respected journalist as well as a academic musicologist, and he's got lots of work out there. So, yeah, he's helping me with that. He sent me back a list. We're communicating, so I'm really excited
1: well, about that. Well, look, that, that's, exci- that's exciting to have a book published. I mean, I know you've already got one in the sense of your – tutorial books already published to have this kind of thing happening I think is fantastic and it's great to be happening out of Australia and you know collaborating with overseas and whatever so I think that's just good again and people like myself that seriously have no idea what you you have written for your doctorate all I know is you've done it so if a book comes out published book comes out it would be a great read. Now, there'll be certain people that only like to read uh, the autobiographies of some artists, although it's questionable some of the artists that have got books coming out, it's just bloody laughable. I mean, some of them are like, are you serious? You weren't big in the day. Who actually wants to read, you know, anything about you now? But when you get something like this, it's more, I say it nicely, intellectual, isn't it? And so there's there's some real thought into it. Well, it needed to be. So I'm going to be very interested to read it myself when it comes out, and well, probably read it. it so. Will it probably give me a better? It'll be, give me a better idea of what you've done, you know, because it, it's just so big. I just don't
0: quite have an idea of what you've done. It is. It's um. It's a uh, hundred thousand words. One hundred and six thousand words, actually. If you want to be that exact, and it's um over uh, 11, 11 chapters. Right, what I've written. So, I can run through the topics. I did actually in laneway talks to just through a few of the topics each week.
1: Well, I'd love I mean, to. I'd love to discuss the topic with you. Probably give me a more in-depth look at what you've done. Plus, uh, I would like to debate you on certain things because you and me don't see eye to eye. I can tell you that. You know, and by me listening to all our podcasts, you probably you don't listen to them, do you? <laughs> You've done them. Oh, I, I, I
0: listened to, listen to all of them. As <laughs> I said, in my projected outputs, yeah, during week, I will be transcribing them, yeah, because um, I want to pull out the data that we yeah. just asked yeah. and you know, the two and forum between the two of us, yeah. Well, I think
1: it's a really important point. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be interested to go through some things with you because you know we don't see eye to eye on, on quite a few issues in the music business, and that's really healthy. Be, you know, I've always said that kind of stuff's healthy because we need people to bounce off each other in yeah. many many ways to flesh out what's actually happening out there. Don't don't yeah, you think? Um, I mean, it's just like I do. it's like politics. You know, you man, you gotta flesh
0: it out. But the depth of experience there between the two of us, yeah, both similar but different.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I had dinner with Philip Jacobson. No, I had lunch with Philip Jacobson during the week in Queensland. And Philip is, you know, he's a 50 year old, 60 year old veteran because he's, he's 80 now. And he was with Michael, Frank Stavala, Chuggy, Sam Riggy, all those guys. So Philip was basically. Uh, with Michael that whole time. But he wasn't the face of mushrooms. A lot of people go, who the hell's he? And we were having, you you know the name. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had a good discussion about how things had changed so much and, you know, we were talking about a few managers, let's say back in the late 80s, 87, 88, uh, Mm -hmm. where money was abundance. You know, we regularly did shows at the Palace in Melbourne where, Eighteen hundred capacity, twenty two, but regularly eighteen hundred. Yep. And you know we're doing that all around the country. And how much money was involved? And how many of those managers now are broke? You know, and they they. You, I think you mentioned the education thing last time. You know, we need to educate the industry, mm-hmm. and it goes down to management too, who are not educated enough to know when to write, make the right decisions and not spend money, how to put money away for a rainy day and to set themselves up because it's far and few between who will be there for their whole, you know, lifetime, having a career in the music business. So you need to know how to set yourself up. And just so many of them had so much money and had such a good time that they came out the other end with nothing. And that's, and that, that really goes back to your 70s and 80s managers when especially the late 70s into the late 80s, the crowds that you could pull were big compared to today, okay, for a local act. I know you can do plenty of rod lavers, but for local acts to be able to pull pull a 1,000 plus, that's, you know that was quite common back then. Yeah. So there was a lot of money
0: involved, but there was I no, mean, no education. In putting that in context with, so Rick and John Brewster... From their book, the Angels' book that they have out, that was published you, by and written by Bobby H as well. I think they talk about how they've got no money. They're selling out all around Australia, but they don't have any money themselves to get through the week. And the band's in debt. Yeah, I, I, I don't.
1: I don't know much the, about the Angels, even though yeah. we had them at Mushroom, right? And <clears throat> but, I was involved in Howling and you know the live album and all that. But I. Didn't really have a lot to do with them. I had a lot to do with all the other bands. So I never really knew how they were travelling financially. I mean, we used to pay them a lot
0: of money, Rob. It was a lot yeah, of but money. But are they? did they not do well financially? No. Right, gotcha. If what they say in the book is um, any truth in that at all, which I, I'm assuming they would be, um, yeah, they had a really hard time all the way through. Wow. So, I mean, the two Brewster... Boys must have made
1: some publishing money, that's for sure.
0: I think so, yeah. But when they keep talking about how much in debt they were, you know, oh. all the like, way mm. go back to the record company get advances and then they didn't get advances overseas and the mm. albums didn't sell and they ended up yeah. in more debt. And you know, it's like, wow, this is the 70s, this is the 80s and this is probably one of Australia's biggest acts. It's well, like- the models I
1: told you last time were the same. They had to do their last gig to pay their debts off. That was their last show. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, so there was a lot of those bands around. Again, it shouldn't have been that way, Rob. They can tell you what they want and a lot of them will tell you, you know, I've brought this up last time, bad management and lack of uh, record company support. I don't ever want to hear it. What it comes down to is simply bad management. The, The side with, say, Dennis Hanlon, well that's record company because if you didn't do what he said, well, mate, you were finished. Uh, and if you did do what he said, he'd spend big money and it's the one in a million that ever got past the, you know, the level where they could actually pay all their debts off, all their unrecouped balances. So so that you're caught in that. But from the perspective of a lot of the bands, say in the Ag- Angels category, the Models, all these bands... They should have made a fortune and socked it away. But again, I don't care what they all tell me. They're probably all dead now anyway. Bad management. Don't blame the record company because a good manager would control the record company, all right? They would, they would control them. So it's learning to understand that you do not have a career for life. It's the far and few. You're not in America. So, okay, there's a Jimmy and there's a Johnny and there's, you know, there's always the exception to the rule. But in general, you do not have a career for, for life here in Australia in Music, so you need to know how to financially look after yourself and prepare yourself. And it is very few managers that can do it. Then I did meet the indie mafia managers in the 90s and the 2000s, where it was completely different, Rob, and They were Nazis, and I shouldn't use that word Nazis, but they were, you know, the very tough indie managers and they socked the money away. And so the artists did make money. So there was a new level of um, educational standard, whether it be just in, you know, basic accounting or whether they were educated at a university level and they understood that you needed to prepare yourself and... You needed to ring every cent out of every sale, whether it be merch or tickets or whatever, yeah. uh, and 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 put it away for a rainy day. So we we did have a, a change that came. I think the change now is significant in the you know in in our day today. In that management are far more savvy, and the artists themselves are far more savvy and prepared. So you know, there's there's a, there's been a real change there, and we've got to be very careful when they say you know bad management and lack of company support. Which is, mate, you can change all that as an artist. You need to be prepared and focused. And one thing I noticed we discussed, which let's do a whole show on it uh, in the coming mm-hmm. weeks, and sure. that was where how does a band how does a band start and prepare themselves and plan for real success because if they want to and they have they want it so bad and they're so professional about it, you can actually make it happen. Uh, you know, I, they'll probably laugh at me listening to me out there. Well, you can laugh to your heart's content, but you can actually plan it. You can sit down and go, right, you know, what music do we want to do and how how far do we want to go, commercially, uncommercial, and... Um, and what are, what are our plans to promote ourselves and how we're gonna do this and who's gonna have what jobs uh, to make sure it happens day in, day out. And mm. you can actually make it happen. It's far and few between and not a lot of band. Tell you one of the bands that were really good at it, I might have mentioned them in the beginning, was San Cisco. And I don't know if you ever heard of San Cisco. Do you ever hear of them? No. Right. Well San Cisco could do two forums in a row here in Melbourne. Well, you know how big the forum is, yeah? Yeah, I do, yeah. Right? So that's the calibre of that band. Now, I met them back in the, I don't know, 2010 or something, maybe earlier, 2008. So, um, and they were so together and the Cat Empire was another one. Now, you obviously know the Cat Empire, don't you?
0: Well, I know a couple of the drummers that played with
1: them. Yeah, uh, Cat Empire, very together knew exactly just, what they're doing, just like John Butler Trio. Yeah, John, Darren Perugia um, just I did the last tour with him. Yeah. 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 So last- so you know, there is there's certain bands people would never know, but they're very calculated bands. They knew what they wanted and they had a real plan and they stuck to their plan and it and it happened, you know. So it's there's a whole show we could go through that because, you know, there's all that social media I can talk about and everything and um, Yeah, yeah. And, sure. and, and uh, you know, and, you know, what genres they should look at and how they're going to get viraled and all that kind of stuff. And it it really can happen. And then there's just the ones that luck it in. Let's not, not kid ourselves. There's always, as I said before, the exception to the rule. You, you just luck it in. You're the band at the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's got a lot to do with that, I think. Uh, I agree with you entirely because there's not enough that can actually plan. They just It's just too hard for them. But most of them, yeah, just luck it in and they're, they're at the right place at the right
0: time. It's their time. So. As long as you think you have a plan and you stick to the work ethic, um, it's just a matter of opportunity meets preparation. That's what those two very important things are. If you're prepared and the opportunity arises, you can get through that gateway. Yeah, nothing changes. It's got to be good
1: music, and you got to be professional on stage. That's right. None yeah. of this, none of this rubbish. Completely unprofessional on stage. Waiting a couple of minutes between each song, mucking around, all
0: that. Yeah, just not. All on. comes stagecraft, you know, like that Yeah, important lessons to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we'll 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 talk about that. Then we'll we'll
1: I'll devise. I'll put some notes together, and we'll uh, do a whole show on it. All right. Anyway,
0: what? anything else there for today, or are we about done? One little thing that what mm-hmm. the, the Angels and Dave Grohl have in common? What? When Dave Grohl was fourteen, he attended one of the Angels' gigs at the Paramount. So he went to one of their shows and loved them. Really? Yeah, yeah, fantastic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's but it's interesting that, that you know the Aussie influence is in there. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out because that's pretty much what my research is about: is finding the Aussie influence that's gone transnational. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Something for us to all be very proud of, and uh, not forget. Well, you know,
1: I wonder if anybody's ever done any research on how many bands actually did make it overseas that we don't even know about here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got your Airborns and, you know, there's a lot of bands that are big overseas, Australian bands that we've got no clue. The other one, Stan Karichny, um the guitar players from Mickey Finn, his young son, is huge overseas. But, really? I've never, yeah, never heard of him. Yeah. But, um, Isn't that yeah. It?
1: yeah, there's some some guys. It's like that girl guitarist from Adelaide. I mean, Ariadne. Yeah,
0: and yeah, look, the common person do not know about her, do they? Um, I mean, we all do because she's, you know, from Adelaide. Same with Sia Furla. I mean, Sia has an institute at the Elder Conservatorium, a special section that she basically funds, and it's called the Sia Furla Institute for Popular Music. So, you know. Wow. Anyway,
1: much all all news to me. All right, well, um, let's get our uh, notes ready for next week. And you have a good week at work. And I cannot wait to get that finished track.
0: Yeah, me too. All right, mate. Talk soon. Okay, take care, mate. See you, buddy. Bye.
1: Well, there you have it. Another Laneway Talks. If you enjoyed that, just search Laneway Talks for more great conversations. G'day folks, Mark Allen here and The Ox, David Schwartz uh, And we've started a brand new podcast called A Couple of Blokes, A Couple of Beers And we're just chewing the fat Couple of Blokes, Couple of Beers With Ox and Marco
0: I'm thinking about whitening my teeth Just so when I smile There's
1: a new episode every Wednesday
0: Have you got a weight issue? Of course I do <laughs> It's a stupid
1: question <laughs> A Couple of Blokes, Couple of Beers With David Schwartz and Mark Allen
0: I'm eating the kids' maltese You're eating Eat a Christmas present I am a piece of garbage <laughs> Listen wherever you get your podcasts